Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave Severns. I'm the worship pastor here at Compass Point Bible Church, and with me today is Paul Eastwood. How's it going? It's going well. How are you, Paul? I'm doing good. Getting closer and closer to Christmas. I know. We're so close. Uh, we Another week of Advent has come yeah. and, well, not yet gone. Um, so we're going to talk about th- this third week of the Advent conspiracy. We've been through worship fully. We've been through um, spend less, and we're now on to give more. Right. Um, which I think is pretty exciting. It ties in really well with the whole spend less thing. It sure does, yeah. Um, and you've uh, you did a great job at the beginning of last week's sermon, kind of addressing. We've had some great questions and engagement. People who are who are really earnestly wrestling with this stuff. And um, I would I would suggest, yeah, if you're if you're wrestling, if you're like, ah, does, does this actually work? How do we do this? You're you're on the right track. Uh, keep going there. Um, lots of good. Do you want to give us a little recap of what we talked about on Sunday? Yeah, sure. And as you said, the the whole idea of giving more is really a second side to the coin of uh, give, spending less. Like the two mm-hmm. of them are, they, they go together. Uh, we spend less not to be stingy, not to be, um, you know, kind of cheap in any way. We spend not to, not to keep money for ourselves, not to save up. Th- those aren't the reasons to give less. We give less so that we can, we spend less so that we can give more. And that's kind yeah. of the whole point of this. So, so the two of them do need to be fit together. And we talked about this idea of why should we give more? And really we talked about the idea that generosity is, is really a reflection of what Jesus did when he came to this earth. Mm-hmm. And so we, reflect that generosity in the way that we give to other people. And so we talked a little bit about what that looks like. And so we talked about the idea of being present, you know, showing up in people's lives, spending time with them. Um, The second thing is about this idea of being relational and personal, knowing what people need and uh, moving in to meet those needs. And then finally, we talked about this idea of sacrifice. Uh, What are the things that I'm going to give up in order to be able to serve the people that are around me? Um, because I think at this time of year at Christmas, a lot of people are in the giving mood. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a thing that we all do when we talk about it. And so people are generous, but I think what, what could potentially, uh, really have, uh, believers and followers of Jesus, um, given a different way is really focusing on those, those two things about, um, giving sacrificially, which I yeah. think is a little bit above and beyond. We're not just, you know, giving a little bit of our extra or our leftover, a part of our Christmas bonus or whatever. We're actually um, giving sacrificially. And then the other thing is is about paying attention to the needs of people around us and really mm-hmm. digging in, not just kind of giving to a cause because we know about a cause particularly. We're actually thinking about the person I see on, on Tuesday, the person I see on the weekend, or the person I play hockey with, the person that I you know come across when I buy my Starbucks, all those people. The question is, how do we serve those people and actually know what they need? Yeah, and that's that's really good. We actually had a young adults gathering last night where we were talking about can I make a difference in the world. A friend of mine, Alyssa, came in and was talking about uh, she's an international development student, talking about you know we've got all of these problems and all of these things, and how do we not be overcome with either anxiety? There's so many problems. There's so many things wrong. How do I engage? Or apathy, right? This tendency to be like, well, there's nothing I can do about that or that or that, yep. right? And, and digging in and. Uh, we talked a lot about uh, listening and about like waiting, yeah. waiting on God and, and waiting on that. What is that thing that grabs your heart and your attention? Um, that requires some space, though, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, you've been you've been in this journey uh, these past number of days through Advent. Uh, this yeah. thing we're doing on Instagram, you're doing called 25 Presents. Right. Um, presents spelled with a C, of course, not presents. Yeah. Um, how have you been finding that? Yeah, it's been a really interesting experiment. And, you know, you you kind of touched on one of the big ideas, actually, right there when you mentioned about this idea of space. 
um, because what I've recognized, and I think I've I've you know said this over the last couple of weeks, one of the, one of the biggest learnings for me is that um, it is it is easy to serve someone when it's in your plan and in your time. Like if you have something on your schedule to, you know, maybe you're a volunteer hockey coach or maybe you are, you know, helping out at a, at a dinner or something like that. It's not hard to schedule in acts of service. Yeah. And lots of people do that at this time of year. Mm -hmm. What's hard is finding places to serve every single day. Hmm. And so for me, I've tried to take uh, this this challenge for every every day uh, leading up to Christmas, I've looked for one way that I can serve the people around me, yep. and so um, you know we have there's there's been all kinds of things, but the the thing that I found most interesting is that so often I get to the end of the day. Well, a couple of times I get to the end of the day and I'm thinking I haven't served anybody yet, and now it's late at night and kids are in bed and I just want to relax. But what yeah. do I need to do? And, and so it's what I've recognized is that serving people. Uh, takes our time and for us to to really uh, be serving people in sacrificial ways I think we need to find some we need to create some space in our life some white space yeah so that we can actually like step into some of these things and what I've been finding is just you know sometimes you're just so keyed into what you're trying to do in your list and the things you need to get done and what you know what whatever you've been asked to do by other people or whatever's on your plate in terms of your work um, sometimes we get so focused in on ourselves that it's really hard to find some space uh, to think about people around us, let alone actually do something about it. Yeah, that's that's so true. I'm I'm reminded. Um, I mean, this life of Jesus that we're called to, the way of Jesus, is is this life in the Spirit. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I often in my own life treat the Spirit as something. Uh, something almost like a vending machine, right? I'm like, okay, I've got time now. Can you come and give me an answer to this? Yeah, I'm yeah. looking for an answer. And and this this kind of more attentive way of being of, of having space and being in conversation. Okay, God, what is it you're trying to open my eyes to? What are the opportunities in front of me? And not the like, I've got 30 seconds between this meeting and this meeting. Is there anything I can do? No. Okay. I'm good. Right. Like yep. it, for me, it takes time to actually like calm myself and to open my eyes. Mm -hmm. My eyes are always open, but like I'm, I'm distracted all the time. And yep. this, this whole, yeah, this, this attentiveness that it requires to serve people meaningfully. Um, yeah, maybe that's the maybe that's the big idea around this Advent for us is you know kind of that idea of recognizing that, that we're distracted hmm. and tuning in and focusing in. Yeah, and yeah, I mean I think that's huge. It, it, it's so it's so easy to get distracted by good things, <laughs> you know, let alone all the other you know uh, more destructive things. So. You know that's that's really one of the bigger keys. Maybe the biggest takeaway in in many ways is just the idea of hey, this is a time of year when there's something we're celebrating that is absolutely incredible and mind-boggling, and yet we're distracted. We're yeah. distracted by everything else. We're yeah. even distracted by Christmas, which is you know the, <laughs> ironically exactly. Yeah, and I, I love um, I love what you're saying about it's it's way easier just to schedule things in. And yeah, what I I don't think you're saying, or maybe I'll ask you, are you saying that we shouldn't be scheduling in those times to serve people or? No, like, I think that should be part of our calendar for sure. Yeah. Is that you know like the family calendar? Um, it, one question that you could ask in terms of making some small changes is look at your quote unquote family calendar, whether that's electronic or whether you have a you know like like we do in our family have a paper one that's just you know posted right there in the kitchen. Look at that calendar and see if there's anything on that list that isn't about you. 
You know, it's mm-hmm. like, I mean, these are my appointments, my, you know, you know, birthdays of people who are, you know, who are closest to me, like, you know, cousins yeah. and friends and whatever. I mean, what would it look like if our calendar had space for neighbors, mm-hmm. maybe our neighbor's kids' birthdays or um, a dinner out with them? Or what would it look like if our, our uh, calendars had space for serving in the community, um, whether it's being involved in uh, different projects, uh, connecting in with, with some of the social services, even being involved in nonprofits that are um, supporting other things, you know, mm-hmm. like sports and things like that in our communities. Yeah. That's, uh, it's, it's so good. And I think it is important, right? Like for many of us, when, when it comes to doing harder things or things we're not natural at, it is important to schedule them and to put time in for sure. Um, but I love this challenge. That's not where it ends. It's not, it's not a checkbox. We can just say we're done. It's something we have to keep, keep doing and keep making time for. Um, I know even the past couple of days, my wife and I have been writing Christmas cards. Yeah. Um, and even in that, right? Like we've said, okay, we need to set aside time. We need to do it. Um, but even in that, I found it challenging to to not just be like, okay, we've got our default three sentences that I can yeah. write. And I mean, I'm handwriting them in a card. Like, that's pretty good, right? <laughs> but like, no, I actually want to, if I'm writing cards to people I know and love, I want to yeah. actually write them something, which requires me to stop and think, which I'm like, oh, I'm wasting my time by, no, I'm I'm not wasting my time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm... I'm loving people in an incarnational way, which is what this season is about. Yeah, and being present is so much more. You know, uh, you know. I guess one of the things that it, when you drive into work, for instance, um, you don't think very much about your surroundings. Mm-hmm. In fact, sometimes yeah. you, I don't know if you ever had the experience where you show up at work and you're like, "What just happened? Like, oh, yeah. how did I get here? What? Like, yeah. I don't even remember any part of that drive." And so our minds have a way of of creating pathways that allow us to move through things very quickly. They, they, our minds kind of push into this place and kind of create this, this, um, it's sort of doing things by rote, by route so that we don't have to, we can free up our mind to think about other things. Mm-hmm. So what that means is that, you know, biologically we are sort of predisposed to this idea of just, just kind of like I'm, when I'm driving, I'm focusing on the road ahead of me. When I'm, you know, I'm turning into this, I'm focusing on the street lights. I'm focusing on these very, you know, very simple things to get me home. What I found as I've been thinking about this 25 days of, of uh, presence is I've been thinking about, okay, when I'm driving home, is there an opportunity on the way? And so it's caused me to like actually take a different way home, Hmm. drive a little bit slower, you know, take a lap through a parking lot, like think a little bit more about the place, the places that I'm going. And I think that can be applied to our lives as well because we can be so focused on just the next task ahead of me. Then I got to do this. Then I got to get groceries. Then I got to do this. Then I'm going to watch my show that I love. And then I'm going to go to bed and then I'm going to wake up early and I got to and and we sort of get into these pathways where we are just hardwired not to recognize that there is a world that's going on around us. Mm. And I think one of the best things we can do during the Christmas season is um, is actually take the time to 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 really kind of break out of that uh, consciously and think about what's happening in the parking lot around us. Yeah. You know, look at the car that's parked next to you. Um, you know, pray for the person that you see in a, in a particular circumstance, like actually start paying attention to the things that are around you. And I think that is what presence is really all about. Mm. It's being present in the moment and, and recognizing that I am in a time and space, not only so that I can get home, but also because God has me here for this reason, for this moment in this time. And, and I, there's something, there's something different there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You talked a bit in the sermon on Sunday about um, stories and how stories change us, right? And, yeah. And sometimes true stories hit us more impactfully because they're they're about these like real things that happened. And I think stories that aren't true also impact us and, and shape us for sure. 
for those of us who've been in the church for a while, we've heard the Christmas story, right? Mm -hmm. And even if you haven't, chances are, you know, that Christmas is about baby Jesus one way or another. And, you know, Mary, the the angels and the shepherds and the wise men and born in a stable. And like, how do we, how do we take that story and let it be impactful? How do we, how do we live in the fullness of that story without it be just, just becoming cute and just becoming another nativity scene? Um, Mm. Like I know on Sunday you you did a great job. You you read from John one, which is one yeah. of my favorite passages, right? And John takes such a different such a different tact at the coming of Jesus than than Matthew yeah. does. Um, why why did you read John one, and and how do we how do we find the wonder in this story? Well, I read John one because it it includes this beautiful picture of the Word becoming flesh and making His dwelling among us. This mm-hmm. idea Eugene Peterson says that He moved into the neighborhood. There's this idea of the the God of the universe showing up. And I think that, to me, is the, is the greatest picture of generosity. I think in the church, we like to think of Jesus in a manger, humbly coming into this earth, because this idea of humility and, you know, quietness and softness and silent night and all of the rest of that mm-hmm. um, is is really, it's it's kind of, it reminds us of this, you know, this kind of quietness and peacefulness and all that, which I think is a very appropriate but as with so many things in the Bible, there are two sides that you have to keep in tension, even though they are completely on opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. And so you've got Matthew and, and particularly Luke that tells the story of Jesus, baby Jesus in a manger. And then you have, um, then you have on the other hand, you have the book of John being told by a guy who begins the story in this absolutely mind bending way. And you see this amazing picture of the God of the universe, you know, spinning planets into orbit and creating everything that's around us. And then mm-hmm. this, this same God all of a sudden appears in, in human form. And there are angels in the fields that are a heavenly host of angels singing. And there's, there's this incredible picture of this majestic giant huge birth and and as jesus comes into the world it's like the whole world is shaking because the god of the universe is actually coming into his creation and i think sometimes if if you are used to closing your eyes and picturing the nativity scene and kids with you know bathrobes and towels on their heads i would just encourage you to sit back and read john 1 again um, consider this incredible picture of God. Read Revelation 4 that describes the throne room of God and the, just the majestic grandeur of him. And to me, that kind of adds the weight to what was happening at that time um, because both things are true. He comes humbly as a baby, but Philippians 2 tells us that in that moment when he died on the cross, when he kind of displayed his humanness completely, he was naked. He was, I mean, this was just kind of the the very lowest of the low moments <clears throat> in that moment, he comes up and he he's he he rises up in this incredibly powerful picture, hmm. and I think that to me is something that sometimes is lost in the Christmas season. Yeah, no, that's that's good, and I love um, you you reference Eugene Peterson there. His he became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Um, you know, absolutely. This Christmas season, read the Christmas story. Read it from Matthew. Read it. Read it from John. Um, but then try to retell it in your family, you know, ask your kids to tell you the Christmas story. Try to find your own words and try to try to come at this at different angles. Um, yeah. For me, and I mean, I have a degree in arts, so maybe this won't work for you, but there have been songs and there have been paintings. I was actually looking at some of the old classic paintings this morning, uh, some of the masters, uh, and just how they've depicted this scene of Mary and Joseph and Jesus. Um, 
and and just different lenses to look at this through uh, and, and different ways to kind of light our imaginations and to remind us that this story is alive yep. and it's not like, yes, it happened. Yes, it's a well-known story, um, but it can be fresh and it can be new because it's like the most meaningful story. Yeah, and it's our story, right? And we yeah. keep pushing down this down this path that this isn't just about Mary and Joseph. It's about you. It's about me. It's about the Uber driver. It's about the you know. Mm-hmm. It's about all these people that are around you. I I mean, I had somebody who um, came into my home just to to do some work in our house, and um, I struck up a conversation with him and finds out he found out that I'm a pastor and started talking about his experience in the church and losing his dad and you know all this kind of stuff. And then I think about the song we sung on Sunday that reminds us of. This idea that you know the world longs for this little bit of hope, and then there's this this call to just say, "Oh come, oh come, Emmanuel, God, yeah. come and be with us." And He came, right? And so yeah. He came for the well, like I said, He came for the Uber driver. Uber driver. He came for the installer. He came mm-hmm. for the person who gives you coffee. He came for all of these people. So to me, the way to make it more meaningful is not just is is includes reading the story and and, and reminding ourselves of it and, and retelling it like you've described is a great way to do that. The next step is to embody it, to yeah. allow it to wash over us, to say, for goodness sakes, the God of the universe came into this world. He changed everything. He made mm-hmm. it possible for people to have life. You know, John talks about the fact that he is light and life in the world. It's like holy cow, I mean, we you, you got to do something with this, right? Yeah. There, there's got to be a response. And so, you know, for us, I think the challenge is for, for believers to, to push beyond what is so common this time of year yeah. and to push into something that's even more meaningful based on the person of Jesus. I actually read a Forbes article about, uh, about the, the um, Advent conspiracy. Hmm. And the whole article was written from this perspective of how great the Advent conspiracy was. Cool. Jesus is never mentioned once. Yeah. It's this idea, well, the first tenet is worship fully and worship could look like whatever it means to you, but you know, yeah. you can, you know, go through this experience as well and, you know, spend less and give more and love all. Yeah. And and this idea of worship is, is is sort of pushed into this sort of like side, you know, sidebar, but it's like it you know, how do as followers of Jesus, how do we bring Jesus back into the picture? Hmm. And I do not mean just on a bumper sticker or whatever. How do we bring him into the picture yeah. and live it out in our lives? That is the part that is so compelling to me. And this is the part that I haven't figured out yet. I don't yeah. I don't have the answer. It's hard. I don't know, but I think as we move into this Advent season, I think there's some questions that we can ask that can mm-hmm. change or adjust path or you know transition and help us live out our lives in a way that really honors and glorifies the God of the universe who came to be with us. Yeah, and I, I, I think of uh, Saturday morning, I wasn't here, um, but the food market, we, we hosted a breakfast for what, 280 yeah. people, more, like a ton of people. And I, you know, just thinking about Christmas, the first Christmas wasn't a Christmas spent with extended family. Mm-hmm. It was a Christmas spent with displaced people, mm-hmm. right? Like we want to embody that story, but are, do any of our practices involve displaced people in mm-hmm. any way? Cause we're surrounded by them, right? Mm-hmm. We, we know there's tons here in Burlington and Hamilton and Oakville. And, and how do we embody this story and, and place ourselves in the story? Cause it is a story about us yeah. and it's a story about them. And it's a story about like everything. Yeah. Um, I think that's so so good. So yeah, and the whole idea of hospitality, Dave, is about welcoming the stranger. Yeah, right. Hospitality is not just about opening your home to your family members mm-hmm. or whatever. It's about it is specifically um, this kindness towards the stranger, which are people that are not like us. Yeah, and that's so hard because I think we we struggle with people we know, right? I Opening know. our homes to that and this 
this biblical call for hospitality is is so much more. So, um, yeah, yeah. And, and in my experience, Dave, it's because we don't have time. Yeah, and I don't, like why don't we have time? Because we fill our schedules. Mm-hmm. And why do we fill our schedules? Well, because someone tells us that if we're not busy, then you know we're not we're not living. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and so we and then we get into that one one kind of focused mind, and we miss things. Hmm. Uh, that's good. You know what? We're gonna we're coming to the end of our time. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts? Do you want to leave it there? Or? Well, I just thought maybe we could talk a little bit about this idea of selflessness and some of the the, the things that we're moving right. towards. We've been we've been we're uh, we put together a list uh, two weeks ago. We 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 presented yeah. this list to people, gave them opportunities to serve others in mm-hmm. in meaningful and costly and personal ways. Yeah. And so our challenge to you is to be thinking about that. And if you can't find our list, which um, um, is available, yeah, it's on the church website compasspointbc.com slash Christmas. Right. And if you aren't able to find that particular list, there's lots of lists out there that can, you know, just just Google it and find ways to serve the people that are around you. And uh, we're going to check in on, on on you guys actually this Sunday. We're going to mm-hmm. give an opportunity for people to respond to, um, to what we've been going through during the Christmas season. And these acts of selflessness and service are things that we want to celebrate. And um, so we're going to um, we're going to have an opportunity next week to actually uh, to sort of uh, respond to what's been going on uh, during this Advent season. Awesome. So excited about that. So excited about the YouthWorks program. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. We're collecting money for that on Christmas Eve. If you don't remember, again, more details of that on the uh, Christmas website we've got. And uh, we will talk to you next week here on Postscript. Postscript.